You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. Healthy Talk Radio with Julian Whitaker, MD, America's Wellness Doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's First Lady of Health. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Get in on the phone lines now by calling 1-800-307-3002. Now, here's Dr. Whitaker and Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well... Feel like paying hooky today? Nervous about getting caught? No fear. The Excused Absence Network has got your back. For $25, you can buy an excuse note that appears to come from a doctor or a hospital. Other options, including an authentic-looking funeral service program. Well, it's not Dr. Whitaker, but it's our focus each and every week during this time uh, on health freedom. And Dr. Paul Harch, the newest member of the American Association of Health Freedom Board, joins us today. We'll talk about the first ever improvement of chronic brain injury in animals. It's all about hyperbaric oxygen medicine with Dr. Paul Harch joining us today right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, you know, in the, I guess, the the circles in which you know people that may be a, quote, health fanatic, a health nut. Well, apparently, uh, thanks to Dr. Gladys Block at the University of California, Berkeley, people may not be laughing much longer. It's all published in the journal Nutrition, the Nutrition Journal, finding on average those dietary supplement users who take 17 different daily supplements a day. Let's see, if I counted up mine, the vitamin C, the mixed carotenes, the the mixed decopherols, the fish oil, um, the multi-mineral, let's see, the B-complex, the vitamin B6, I guess I'd be coming pretty close. These people were judged to be far healthier than adults who just take a simple multiple vitamin and mineral or a, or don't take a dietary supplement at all. What Dr. Block did at Berkeley was examine the health parameters among consumers who took a broad array of dietary supplements from vitamins C, E, D, fish, flaxseed oil, lecithin, CoQ10, glucosamine, and B-complex. And what she found was amazingly uh, that their nutritional uh, sufficiency uh, in terms of, of things like vitamin D levels, vitamin C levels, much better than those who didn't take uh, multiple vitamins and minerals or any uh, vitamins uh, at all for that matter. And if we took a look at things like diabetes and heart disease or overall health status, what they found was dramatic. And in terms of reducing our risk of all diseases, what Dr. Block's work at Berkeley revealed is that those who were taking multiple supplements were much less likely to have elevated homocysteine levels, 
Of course, that's a marker of not only bone disease, Alzheimer's disease, heart disease as well, and their levels of C-reactive protein, that blood marker of uh, inflammation, much less likely to be uh, increased. So those dietary supplement fanatics, the healthiest of all. And of course, in the day and time, we recognize there are so many more uh, challenges, stress, uh, what's in our water, what's in our food, uh, the environment. Good news is, if you take a variety of dietary supplements, you are much more likely to have overall better health. Well, part of that healthy lifestyle may be going organic. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't find it any place, uh, but the BBC, Newcastle University in Great Britain, has done a four-year project, found that a general trend towards eating organic means a healthier diet. What they found is that there are more antioxidants, less of the bad fats. They found antioxidants in milk from organic cattle were up to 80% higher than normal uh, milk, organic wheat, organic tomatoes, organic potatoes, organic cabbages, and organic uh, onions had up to 40% more nutrients. And, of course, uh, that mirrors the uh, uh, previous studies, what we've learned from the American Cancer Society's annual meeting where a conventional orange had only 60 milligrams of vitamin C, while an organic orange had 100 milligrams of vitamin C. So additional information, thanks to Newcastle University, today's BBC, that organic produce had up to 40% more nutrients and organic milk up to 80% more antioxidants. Good news when all too many of us struggle these days to get adequate nutrients in our diet on a daily basis. Well, had to face a surgery recently, an ER visit, a hospital stay. You may want to examine that bill with the magnifying glass. Apparently, the medical billing advocates of America now reveal that 8 out of every 10 hospital bills contains multiple errors and why doctor's offices and labs are tend to have fewer mistakes. It all ends up that we may pay thousands more than... Uh, than we were supposed to. Those uh, medical errors on bills can overcharge you uh, simply a few dollars up to tens of thousands of dollars. So just keep in mind that 8 out of 10 hospital bills, according to Medical Billing Advocates of America, contain medical errors. And um, if it's $10,000 or more, I, th- I think you would care. Absolutely. Particularly if it's coming out of your pocket, every penny counts. Well, it's the protective effect of folic acid against colon polyps. We know that folic acid is a key nutrient in terms of uh, reversing cervical dysplasia. Anybody with human papillomavirus um, uh, wants to take more folic acid. It also reduces homocysteine levels, that enzyme that tells us that we may be at higher risk of uh, both osteoporosis, heart disease and Alzheimer's disease, but those nutrients work together. 
That's why many of the studies that look at a single nutrient with not uh, using an optimal dose find the results just aren't there. Well, in uh, uh, Ireland, they did a, a study of people receiving daily supplements of folic acid, um, two groups, 400 or 1,200 micrograms, and then folic acid plus riboflavin, well, of course, a vitamin B2, or this was a placebo-controlled study, a placebo for six to eight weeks. What did they find? A decided difference, that if you supplement with both B vitamins, folic acid and riboflavin, you increase your response to low-dose folic acid in a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled study. In other words, you could take a lower level of folic acid, 400 versus 1,200 micrograms, but if you added the vitamin B2, the riboflavin, the effect on the human body was actually better than just taking folic acid alone at 1,200 micrograms, focusing on folic acid's colon cancer protection. Interesting indeed, because those nutrients certainly work in synergy with each other, and the oft-repeated adage in the past has been, take all the B vitamins and take them in levels that balance each other to get optimal results. And, of course, uh, this seems to confirm that. Well, affected by rheumatoid arthritis or know somebody that is, disturbing information is going to appear in uh, next month's issue of Arthritis and Rheumatism, that people with rheumatoid arthritis die at a much faster rate than the general population. Rheumatoid arthritis is that general inflammatory condition that particularly affects uh, the health of the joints where these immune complexes often gather. But we know, and this was a Mayo Clinic study, that people with rheumatoid arthritis are much more likely to have heart disease. Of course, we know that inflammation connects the dot. And then there are the treatments for rheumatoid arthritis, which often uh, involve drugs with some considerable downsides, drugs that um, um, affect the immune system or actually suppress the immune system having long-term consequences. So, the death gap widening for patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Dr. Paul Hartz joining us today at the bottom of the hour. We're going to be talking about the first ever improvement of chronic brain injury with a novel application of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Dr. Paul Hartz, one of the authors of The Oxygen Revolution, joining us on Healthy Talk Radio. America's number one source for healthcare information, news, and medical breakthroughs. Making America healthy coast to coast. It's Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Each and every week during this time, we focus on health freedom. At the bottom of the hour, Dr. Paul Harch, who uh, directs the Hyperbaric Medicine Fellowship at the Louisiana State University School of Medicine, will be joining us today at the bottom of the hour. He is the, the newest member of the American Association for Health Freedom. Uh, we'll be talking about the first ever improvement of chronic brain injury in animals thanks to his innovation in hyperbaric oxygen medicine. But before we get to that, um, we'd be remiss not to mention 
what was recently presented thanks to East Virginia Medical School researchers at the American College of Gastroenterology's annual scientific meeting. They were talking about the NSAIDs. Now, one of those um, uh, revelations among gastroenterologists, doctors who deal with the stomach and digestive system, is that they'll tell you <laughs> behind the, the palm that NSAIDs make their practice. Why? Well, NSAIDs are linked to gastrointestinal bleeding. In fact, it can be life-threatening gastrointestinal bleeding. And new research, thanks to these East Virginia uh, School of Medicine researchers, points out just to what extent those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents, what are they? they we take them over-the-counter. They are the aspirins, the ibuprofens, um, or the Tylenol, the acetaminophens, um, uh, the naproxens, all of these common pain relievers that are available either over-the-counter or by prescription. Well, the revelation was that um, these NSAIDs hospitalized 100,000 people on a yearly basis uh, because of the life-threatening gastrointestinal bleeding and kills 20,000 or more Americans because of the life-threatening nature of these uh, gastrointestinal bleeds. They are also implicated in high blood pressure, in uh, prostate problems, in uh, bone healing uh, problems as well. So the the conclusion of the researchers was very poignant that this represents a, a common misperception by you and me, healthcare consumers, that these medications, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, are insignificant or benign when they're used chronically, as they might be if somebody who has arthritis, somebody who has irregular headaches, when their use is linked to serious and potentially fatal gastrointestinal injury and bleeding. I once talked to an ER doctor who talked about a patient's use of two of these common NSAIDs, indicating that you can see that they literally, that the lining of the stomach dissolves. 100,000 hospitalizations each and every year 20,000 plus people die because of drugs like aspirin and Tylenol linked to gastrointestinal bleeding. Well, it's a cultural thing of the South, boiled peanuts. And why many people (laughs) may not understand why that soggy, warm mess of boiled peanuts tastes so good. Here's a reason. Thanks to Alabama A&M University's Department of Food Sciences, why we should care. Their uh, food scientist researchers looked at boiled peanuts versus raw, dry, or roasted peanuts. They were focusing on the phytochemicals, in other words, the naturally occurring uh, plant chemicals in peanuts that confer antioxidant properties. In fact, helping to protect our cells from cancer, from diabetes, and heart disease. What they found, and they're going to publish it in this week's edition of the American Chemical Society's journal, 
is that boiled peanuts had four times more chemicals that help protect against cancer, diabetes, and heart disease than peanuts that were raw, dry, or roasted. So why it might be a quaint uh, southern cultural tradition, boiled peanuts help to protect against disease. Well, it appeared in the current issue, uh, Pain, research from the University of Pittsburgh, tracking the effect of a particular form of meditation, in this case, mindfulness meditation, and its effect on chronic lower back pain. What they found is that in people who participated in an eight-week mindfulness meditation program, all of them had significantly greater pain acceptance and better physical function than the control group. And you may not know that our nation's top hospitals, Stanford, Duke, NYU Medical Center, now offer meditation programs to pain patients on a regular basis. And if you are a pain patient at the University of Maryland's Pain Center, you not only have the opportunity to avail yourself of meditation, but acupuncture, um, massage therapy, homeopathy, all of these therapies used to give the patient, you, the healthcare consumer, the best of all options available. Well, they say it's all about a different way of doing business. California's largest private doctor practice, it's called the Healthcare Partners Medical Group, has now posted on a website what they call transparent pricing. They are listing the 58 most common medical procedures done by these doctors group. So you can see, hey, you need a physical that's going to cost you $100. A chest x-ray, uh, $81. A flu shot, $15. Believing that an informed patient becomes an empowered consumer. Changing the way that doctors do business by posting prices, particularly in view of the fact that we now have some big-name uh, pharmacy chains, Target and the other discount centers, offering routine medical service, uh, services along with their regular you know, toothpaste and T-shirts, changing the way doctors do business, transparent pricing so that you and I know up front what the price is in order to make an informed decision uh, when it comes to our health care services. Well, we have known for years that lead poisoning lowers a child's IQ, puts them at risk for severe learning disabilities, and actually affects their behavior. New research suggesting that lead also affects long-term adult crime rates and juvenile crime rates. That uh, A pair of studies by economist Rick Nevin now telling us that... Um, the violent crime rate of the second half of the 20th century may be due to lead poisoning, that he found a stunning fit, leaded glass uh, use climbing in the 1940s, falling in the 1970s, uh, lead paint levels from, 1980, uh, from 1879 over the next 60 years. It's all going to be published in this week's environmental research indicating that crime rates 
rise with lead levels, fall when they fall, uh, and as well, uh, uh, behavioral problems are linked to lead in gas and lead in paint as well. And oh, by the way, lead is not very good for your blood pressure as well. You may be storing lead in your bones. That's why many men and women, when they start to have thinning of the bones, the bones break down faster than the bones build up, more, meaning that they have more memory problems all due to the lead coming from their bones. Eye-opening information. Speaking of that, we're going to come back and talk with Dr. Paul Harch, a new board member of the American Association of Health Freedom, the first ever improvement of chronic brain injury in animals thanks to hyperbaric oxygen. Dr. Paul Harch joins us today. We invite you to join us at 800-307-3002. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life. I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, where each and every week during this time we talk about health care freedom. And one of those important aspects of health care freedom is the opportunity to know about novel and scientifically based therapies and, uh, and have the opportunity to take advantage of those therapies. And one of those therapies brings a very special guest to us today, uh, recently elected to the Board of Directors of the American Association for Health Freedom. He's a noted physician, uh, educator, and research scientist in a very unique field of hyperbaric oxygen medicine. In fact, uh, he co-authored the book, The Oxygen Revolution, to tell us more about just how amazing and how potentially beneficial hyperbaric oxygen medicine can be to a variety of healthcare conditions. He has some pioneering work to discuss with us today. He's Dr. Paul Harch, who joins us. Dr. Harch, hello and welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Well, give us an overview for, for the uninitiated who may be listening and think, hyperbaric oxygen, that's only for divers, isn't it, Dr. Harch? Well, that's where it all started, uh, or I should say the modern era started for divers, but it's been around since the 1600s, and uh, basically it's the use of greater than atmospheric pressure oxygen as a drug, and using it as a drug, we treat basic disease processes and hence the diseases that contain them. So if we take a look at um, things like well, brains. We're hearing a lot more these days about concussions, about brain injury, and our and our returning veterans. What are the potentials? Because I know you have special expertise in brain imaging um, and novel uses of hyperbaric oxygen therapy, Dr. Harch. Well, the, the potential is absolutely huge. Uh, like I said, the modern era of hyperbaric medicine began with the divers, and that was my initial exposure that. 
was the entree to the application of hyperbaric oxygen for so many other neurological conditions. And what I realized was that when we were treating these divers with at least brain decompression illness, by the time we saw them, which was hours to days after their accident, we were no longer treating bubbles. We were treating the residual effects of essentially tiny strokes throughout the brain. And once we had some very delayed cases, I started looking at this. Uh, a partner of mine had a project to look at it in some brain-damaged boxers. And we found it helped these boxers months to years after their last bout. And so we continued with this and explored it for other neurological conditions. And finally, as we were having reproducibility, I went back and duplicated this in an animal model, which is kind of backwards. I mean, normally we go from animals to humans, but having proven this to our satisfaction in humans, scientific meetings uh, claimed we didn't have an animal model, so it wasn't um, reproducible. So we went, we proved it now in animals, and that's what the paper was that was just released. It's the first ever improvement of chronic brain injury in animals in the history of science. And we use the human protocol to do it. Congratulations. Congratulations. Now, for, for people who are, are thinking about that incidence of a stroke, and, you know, we see uh, amazing revelations even on the you know, front page of the Wall Street Journal uh, indicating that there's 700,000 reported strokes each and every year in this country. Uh, Dr. Hart said it's the leading cause of medical disability. So if we take a look at, you know, where we have come in the last uh, uh, two decades of your particular focus and expertise and research in hyperbaric oxygen therapy, there are a lot more brain injuries and strokes today than ever before, aren't there? There are. That's exactly right. And, of course, with the rising uh, epidemic of diabetes and high blood pressure, the metabolic uh, syndrome, et cetera, we're going to have an even greater percentage and number of strokes uh, and the traumatic brain injury one, I got a little bit uh, off the subject there explaining kind of the history, but, you know, the potential application for what we're doing to traumatic brain injured soldiers is immense. Uh, in fact, uh, of all of the neurological conditions we treat, it's tr- chronic traumatic brain injury where we have the greatest success at rehabilitating people. And I'm talking months to years afterwards. One patient was 44 years after traumatic brain injury. So for our veterans, we think this is uh, going to be a highly impactful therapy that should get them back to work. And when we think of, of hyperbaric oxygen and, and brain injury um, and, and strokes, Dr. Hartz, is it a simple matter of, of you know, reperfusing, uh, you know, the oxygen helping the tissue, or does it work in multiple ways, or are we just now learning that? It, it works in multiple ways, some of which we don't even understand. For uh, the instance of the divers, the bubbles are gone, but the bubbles, as they go through the tiny blood vessels, damage the inside lining. And what subsequently happens is an inflammatory reaction on the inside of the blood vessels that causes these tiny strokes. We're not sure that we reperfuse those areas, but what we're treating is the areas of damage downstream. In trauma, um, it's unclear all of the pathology, but this has been used in acute severe trauma in multiple studies worldwide and shown to reduce the mortality rate by 60%. On a chronic basis, we're not really sure what's going on. The RAP model suggested a number of things. All we know is it works. Uh, and similarly with some of the other pathologies, like major stroke, human stroke, 
there's a potential for applying this after you use the clot dissolving drug and inhibiting almost all of the damage that is done. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, for, for, for people who are just, you know, uh, understanding more about the, the, the healing potential of hyperbaric oxygen, is it multiple therapies? I mean, uh, you know, to, to watch, you know, uh, people undergo this therapy is pretty amazing in and of itself, uh, Dr. Harch. Well, that's a great question. I, I describe it as a foundation therapy. In other words, there is nothing we know of in all of medicine and science that can do the things that hyperbaric oxygen can do. Yeah. It signals the DNA of damaged cells to begin to elaborate growth and repair hormones, and the net effect is one of repair of tissue. Again, there's no drug or substance in all of medicine that can do that. However, once the tissue is working again, you need all the other therapies to enrich it. And so uh, neurorehabilitation is a multi-modality therapy. And given the fact you know, that some of that intriguing recent research uh, indicates, Dr. Hartz, that we even see more stem cell production from hyperbaric oxygen seems to help us to understand you know, how the patients have multiple benefits from hyperbaric oxygen therapy as well. Yes. As I said, we have no idea all of the targets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like every few weeks another scientific paper comes out identifying additional gene sequences or, or products that are impacted by hyperbaric oxygen. And uh, last year, in normal people, in normal mice, and in humans that were undergoing hyperbaric oxygen for radiation-damaged tissue, they found that hyperbaric oxygen cause the release of your own stem cells from your bone marrow into the circulation. And they claimed that they home to injury sites, but they didn't look at the brain. We're pretty certain that the stem cells are involved with it because there's no other way to explain other than hormone elaboration, stem cells, and maybe some things we don't know about, that we're able to reestablish function in areas where there's been significant damage. Oh, interesting. Now, you know, speaking of, of, of the breadth of its potential application, I'm reminded it was years ago, I think it was the, uh, uh, the annual scientific session of the American Heart Association called on, uh, you know, ERs that are certified to, to be the, you know, the first and best responders in terms of cardiovascular events like heart attacks and strokes to, uh, to have these chambers. So, you know, why aren't they more widespread? Uh, I continue to be amazed by, you know, statistics that we have 100,000 amputations each year with diabetics' failure to heal wounds. Uh, when you and I know, Dr. Harch, here HBO would be a, a tremendous treatment option for them. Well, it is a tremendous treatment option. In fact, I, I wrote the scientific argument for Medicare in 2001, and after all this evidence was put together, Medicare made the first approval in 18 years for a hyperbaric oxygen indication. It was diabetic foot wounds. Why it's not being used for this, for, you know, these acute emergencies and so on is a very complicated question, but a lot of it has to do with my generation of doctors. We have been misled and have a misperception and misunderstanding of what hyperbaric oxygen is. And in the preface of my book, The Oxygen Revolution, I talk about when I was at Johns Hopkins Medical School, school as a student, and in my third year, as I first got on the wards, we were walking down the halls and overheard some doctors talking. 
and someone mentioned hyperbaric oxygen. And as we got out of earshot, I asked my resident, my senior resident who was teaching me, mm-hmm. uh, what is hyperbaric oxygen? He said, oh, it's a fraudulent therapy. It's been thoroughly disproven and, and shown uh, to not have any merit. He goes, don't even bother with it. It's like snake oil salesman or, or charlatanism. And I tucked that in my brain, and that was my idea of hyperbaric oxygen, as it was for my entire generation of doctors. So now that we are coming into the understanding that hyperbaric oxygen is a drug and it has this myriad list of effects on basic disease processes, it's a whole new world, but we've got to correct the misperception in my entire generation of doctors. That's part of the problem. And, you know, with the, you know, the revelation that we see uh, a lot of uh, brain injuries, cerebral palsy, uh, some interesting uh, information these days that perhaps in, in Crohn's disease there are actually strokes in the, in the uh, gastrointestinal area, uh, you know, brain injury from concussions uh, and uh, combat trauma. It just seems that there are so many more potential applications and potential uh, uh, people who can benefit from this therapy. Um, yeah. There are. It, it's yeah. mind-boggling. And that's why the book was titled The Oxygen Revolution. We firmly believe, I firmly believe, that this is going to revolutionize neurology and medicine once physicians understand what this can do, look at the literature that shows that we can affect a vast array of acute and chronic wounds to the brain and body. It's going to change the way we practice medicine. And you're right, the natural place for this is in emergency departments where these acutely injured, uh, stroked uh, uh, patients with cardiac arrest uh, can come in and right there they get into a chamber. And what's been shown now in probably 50 different animal models and in a number of human situations where we can duplicate this is that if you can get someone in a hyperbaric chamber within the first hour or two after some of these events that deprive oxygen and blood flow to the body, that you can resuscitate and probably reclaim about 90% of function. It's, it's really astounding. My senior partner can now resuscitate animals that have been in cardiac arrest for 25 minutes. 25 minutes of warm cardiac arrest, the animal is dead, and he can put them in a chamber, take them to a deep pressure, put them on pure oxygen, and resuscitate them. And this started from our experience with divers and some others that were resuscitated. So if you look at American Heart Association statistics, if you can't get ACLS, CPR, drugs, electricity into someone within about 10 to 15 minutes, everyone dies everyone dies. It's 100% mortality. And here we've got it out to 25 minutes in at least normal animals under cardiac arrest. So the potential is just astounding. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And we hear so much more, you know, with our returning veterans uh, um, from the conflicts around the world, uh, Dr. Harch, uh, of brain injury. What about potential uh, application in these uh, uh, returning combat veterans' uh, situations? This is a slam dunk. And I'm going to say that again. This is a slam dunk in chronic traumatic brain injury and acute severe traumatic brain injury. The literature supports it for the acute situation, and it's not being used. Chronically, as I mentioned before, it is one of the most treatable of all of the cerebral diagnoses I have treated, 
and the numbers of cases of this that we have and examples are just uh, astounding. In fact, what has happened now is finally the first military veteran that we know of was able to obtain this therapy using my protocol. And the only reason he got it was that he is a brigadier general. And he is uh, somewhat incensed that no other soldiers have been able to access this therapy. He is, in civilian life, a judge and was essentially having trouble <laughs> returning to work. Sure. And he's back on the bench now. Um, and he has volunteered to come public and, and speak about this uh, when the opportunity arises, which we hope is very shortly. Well, if you look at the uh, you know the dilemma in which medicine finds itself these days with with you know lack of cost effective medicine, I, I can't think of, of many other therapies that, in terms of cost effective, again, <laughs> it fits that bill every single time, Dr. Harch. I agree. I agree, and it, it's for lack of knowledge that we're in this situation with non-application. We'll, return. Um, we'll talk about uh, websites, uh, uh, how to find somebody in your area. Dr. Paul Hart, our very special guest today, the author of The Oxygen Revolution. We're talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy for so many potential healing applications right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Answers to questions you can't solve with a pill. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Honored to have Dr. Paul Harch join us today, one of the authors of The Oxygen Revolution uh, and a new board member of the American Association of Health Freedom. We're talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. There's much more online. He has a terrific website at Harch, H-A-R-C-H, hyperbarics.com. Harch, hyperbarics.com. And we were, we were talking about you know, the, the reluctance to embrace its use. I know we've had a couple of callers who've called and commented that they're, you know, they remain concerned that, you know, hospitals could be using it to, to help failure to heal wounds and bed sores and strokes and, and, uh, but, but they just don't seem to embrace it, Dr. Embrace it, Dr. Harch. Yes, I, there was something I wanted to mention about this, and that is the other problem has been a problem within the hyperbaric medicine community and this is what uh, the American Association of Health Freedom is trying to address, is that uh, we have an, a number of medical societies in hyperbaric medicine that have threatened their members with punitive action uh, should they treat anything outside this narrow little list of indications that they've compiled. And what it's done is suppress the application of hyperbaric oxygen to so many others of these conditions that we talked about today. So the the problem is misperception, it's misunderstanding throughout the medical community, but at the same time, we have an active suppression of doctors uh, and their freedom to attempt to practice medicine and deliver this to patients. Now, is is there a way for, for, for patients to, you know, speak to, I mean, most of the major elected uh, uh, you know, senators and congresspeople have Medicare, uh, you know, specialists in their office to assist it in, in this arena, Dr. Hart, uh, Dr. Harch? Well, that's one mechanism is through elected officials. Medicare, though, is not, uh, Medicare requires certain levels of evidence for uh, final approval. And in some of these diagnoses, we don't have it. But doctors do not require that level of evidence to be able to practice medicine and deliver 
a medical therapy based on best available information. And that's where the problem is. So uh, we just think that by turning up the level of national discourse, by interaction with the media, with uh, our elected officials and so on, we're going to expose this problem. And doctors are going to be freed up to uh, deliver therapies of their choice in their office without fear of repercussion. Wow. And I'm sure when you look at the statistics of amputations and strokes and brain injury and, and concussions, I mean, you look at it with, with special expertise in, in your heart, Dr. Harch. Mm. It's, it's made a, all the difference in my life. It changed my career and my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about this. Had I not had the science to back it up, um, I would have had to have been much less bold about the statements I'm making. But this therapy can revolutionize and will revolutionize medicine and neurology. The book, The Oxygen Revolution, HarchHyperbarics.com, will tell you more. Our thanks to Dr. Paul Harch. Our thanks to you. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.